Welcome into the Jaguars Broadcast Weekend Review Podcast presented by TIAA Bank. J.P. Shadrick with you. Today is Friday, October 8th, a strange and important week around TIAA Bank Field this week. And we have the best of the week around Jaguars Broadcasting and Jaguars.com, including head coach Urban Meyer's initial response to Shad Khan's statement and reaction to the week from Trevor Lawrence and Josh Allen. Remember to subscribe to the Jaguars' official podcast network on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your pods. Leave us a comment and a five-star rating. Let's start with the biggest news around the Jags this week, the reaction to the viral videos and photos of head coach Urban Meyer from last weekend. Jaguars owner Shad Khan released a statement midday Tuesday saying in part that the conduct from the last weekend was inexcusable and that Meyer must regain trust and respect, requiring a personal commitment. Just over five hours after that statement was released, Meyer responded for the first time on the Urban Meyer Show on the Jaguars radio network. Along with Jaguars head coach Urban Meyer, uh, Coach, how, how difficult were the conversations the last couple days, and what is your reaction initially to Mr. Khan's statement? Uh, the conversations have been horrible. Uh, it's, uh, I, I own the mistake that I made. It was a, uh, I've always looked at the job of a coach for 30-plus years that I've done this is to, you know, everything you can possibly do to make your players comfortable play the game, that sports performance, I give everybody – uh, the best possible situation. You put him in a good scheme. You put a good a group of assistant coaches around him in a safe environment, and then get out of the way. And I didn't do that. I became a distraction, uh, made a stupid decision, and uh, I apologize to it. I certainly understand our owner, Mr. Khan, has been uh, fantastic since the day I met him, and I apologize to him as well. And and uh, have to move forward and regain the trust and and. Uh, our, our players, I had conversation with our players. They were good uh, with their leaders and um, some very good. Uh, but And our staff has been uh, we're just moving forward. we got a big game to play, and, and uh, I apologize for being a distraction. Urban, the, the locker room is a very unique place, one that, uh, that I was in for quite some time, and it can be tough to regain respect and trust in that locker room. How do you go about that? Jeff, the locker room has been my entire life. That's all I've ever looked at. I've always, you know, some even other coaches, when I was a young coach, I said, you know, when I'd hear conversations among coaching staff, and I would always say, you know, there's only one thing that matters in this whole facility or organization, and that's the locker room. You know, how we build it, how we treat it, how we earn their trust, uh, how we, you know, that goes back to the culture of excellence, I call it around here, is how do we make sure we give them everything possible you know, I made the comments about I don't think uh, our, when I hear our players would have to go out and get sports performance, and, you know, we should do this all right here for them. So we've earned their trust in that respect. I know that for a fact. Now the fact that I became a distraction, I've got to earn their trust back from that. And that, that's not an easy thing to do. How long do you expect something like that to take? I mean, the locker room is certainly one that can be very forgiving at times, and at other times they can be not. Yeah, every locker room's different. Every team's different. I've told people with teams a living organism. It's uh, driven, obviously, by a culture and driven by leaders. I believe we have a very strong culture. I know we have incredible leaders, uh, but this one's on me uh, to go out and coach my very best, give them everything possible that I could do to help them have success. Coach, uh, during that statement, Mr. Khan said the uh, personal commitment to everyone who supports, represents, or plays for the Jaguars. What does that mean to you personally? Well, it means, you know, I made a comment when I, I got here about the logo, about 
uh, an owner who uh, wants to win in the worst way. That's one of the reasons I came here. I just uh, I admire the guy so much, and his his uh, drive is is in the purest form, and it's for Jacksonville. And so uh, that's what makes me so angry at myself that uh, I lived that, I believed that, and I failed. And I got to get it back, and I will. Irvin, with this distraction, trying to get the team refocused on a game in Tennessee, the players are going to get questions throughout the week, I'm sure, uh, not only from local media, but national media, and then also the visiting team's media. How do you try to attempt to kind of focus away from the distraction to get a team ready to play football game? Uh, once again, I, I, I don't believe that's in my court. I'm doing, we're going to do the best, but you know this, Jeff, as well as anyone, that the leaders on our team are going to make that decision. Um, and it depends how much trust you have built up with them, uh, how we structure everything this week and, and focus on winning that game. So uh, I'm going to be as extremely clear as I can. Our staff is working their tails off. But you know as well as I do that the own, the ownership of this team is with the players. The full Urban Meyer Show available on the official Jaguars podcast network. On to Wednesday and the reaction from quarterback Trevor Lawrence as the team tried to turn the focus to football. I feel like the team has been the exact same. We've had we had like a half day Monday. <laughs> we were off yesterday and then obviously today we were kind of back full speed. So um, I think everything's been right on schedule like, like normal. I think we've operated well. Um, at the end of the day, I can speak for myself for sure, and I think, or I know most of the team feels this way. He's still, he's still my head coach. I still respect him, regardless of, of what happens. Uh, like I said, we're a team, and we're figuring it out. So, um, yeah, we're all, we're all good. We had a great day of practice today, and we're all still working. A lot of distractions this week and off-the-field conversations. How focused are you guys on the Titans? We're focused. Like, that, that hasn't changed. Um, when we get out there, it's, it's time to work. Our meetings have been great. Communication's been really good. Obviously, we're coming off a tough one in Cincinnati. Again, we felt like we should have won, that we had. You know, we were in it the whole game and um, <clears throat> just got to get better at, at finishing. And that's where, you know, we're looking to make an improvement this week. And I feel like every week we've gotten better. So just excited to put another full game together and, and go finish it. A similar response from defensive end and linebacker Josh Allen. Oh, we're locked in. Uh, you know, once as soon as we step in the building, man, it's football. You know, uh, so all the distractions that everybody's dealing with at home, whatever. Uh, as soon as you step into the facility, man, it's all about football. It's all about it's all about the team, and it's all about winning, preparation. Uh, so as soon as you step in this building, as soon as we all step in the building, you know, our, our main focus is the Titans, and uh, we've kept that, and that's where our minds at, and that's what we're at, I and mean, that's where we're going to be till Sunday. At what point? To the to Irvin's apology today, and what happened, and, and have you seen any signs that? He may be losing you guys. <laughs> no. Like I said, man, as soon as you step in the building, man, we talking about it's about football. Yeah, he yes, he apologized today. Again, you know what I mean? Uh I, you know, we all really appreciate him, but we all know we all got a job to do. You know what I'm saying? He has owned it, you know what I mean, and just like we all do. You know what I mean? So he's a great coach, he's a great man, and he's gonna bounce back and we all gonna bounce back. We're gonna play even harder for him. You know what I'm saying? So you know, we're, we're, man, we're we, we ready to play, man, and he got our back, and we're going to have his back. So that's how we going. NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks joins John Osher and me each Wednesday afternoon for Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks. It was our first conversation with Bucky since the scoreboard show and phone calls after the game. Bucky, good afternoon. It's been an eventful few days since we've last spoken, and uh, now it's, <laughs> it's on to Tennessee. 
Yeah, it's on the Tennessee. Look, it's been a very eventful uh, few days. A lot of things going on around Jacksonville. But I think right now when you get to Wednesday, uh, it's the heavy work day when it comes to the team. I think what you're trying to do is get all eyes ready for Sunday, getting ready for the Tennessee Titans. And you put everything that's in the rear view, you leave it in the rear view and move forward. Yeah, it's all about moving ahead, John, getting uh, getting on to Tennessee and trying to put this thing behind them. It, it hasn't been as easy the last couple of days to do that, but now it's uh, it's focus time. Well, it is, and I'm sure we'll get into some of the details later. But you know, it, I have a statement and then a question for the scout. I, you know, or, or not actually for the scout. This is for the former player. It, from a media standpoint, in 27 years doing this, I've never gotten a huge impression that off-field distractions are as big a deal as we like to talk about. That players typically come in, they do their job, they're going to practice. And there's not a whole lot on the practice field or in the meeting room except for concentrating on the game. Am I naive, Buck? No, I think that is it. Um, I think the story is I'm going to try and say it in, in, in terms that won't necessarily get me in trouble, but I think the story is a little overblown for what it really is. Um, I think people can have different opinions on where the coach is um, in line when it comes to the, his morals and all that other stuff. That's one thing. But when it comes to coaching the team, I think depending on how he addressed the team when he returned, I think this is something that they can move on for and maybe even be galvanized um, by the actions. Because, look, the the fallout and all of the other stuff that has come out, um, I don't know if if the punishment necessarily meets the crime when it comes to the level of criticism and all of this other stuff. And so I think depending upon how vulnerable coach is with the team, I think this could be a moment where, look, man, they kind of pull it together and maybe just maybe with the concentrated effort on the practice field and then the way they play the game, maybe you end up seeing the Jaguars playing really, really well. Because prior to the stuff that happened over the weekend, on Thursday night, the team played fairly well. Couldn't finish the deal, but it was probably the best effort that we've seen from the Jaguars. And so if you look at the way the team has progressed over the four weeks, each and every week they've gotten better. So the anticipation would be, A, they would continue to get better with a mini bye week in between. Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks airs Wednesdays at 4.30 on Jaguars.com and Jags social media. When we return, it's on to Tennessee. We look at the state of the AFC South and hint, it's not so pretty. Pete Prisco and Tony Baselli discuss the state of the receivers room and Urban Meyer's plan to win for this Sunday's game. All that after this. Jags fans, fill your wallet with one debit card that screams Duval exclusively from TIAA Bank. The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa debit card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Up your financial game today. Visit a financial center near you or find us at TIAABank.com slash JagsCard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. The Daily's play schedule is red hot. Tonight it's the Zach Brown Band. Saturday, Alice Cooper with Ace Freely. Tuesday the 12th, Pitbull and Iggy Azalea. What a lineup. Tickets available at dailiesplace.com. And as always, thanks for checking out the official Jaguars Podcast Network, a free subscription on Apple iTunes or Spotify. Give us that five-star rating as always. Back on Monday's Jaguars Happy Hour show, Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli, and I got into a discussion of some former Jags playing big and the current state of the wide receiver room. I, I think when you're losing and things are going your way, you look for every little thing. 
I mean, it's like the Quincy Williams this weekend for the Jets playing like yeah. he's, you know, he was incredible. Pro. He was incredible yesterday. <laughs> well, he's, who is this he guy? also fits what they do a lot better. I mean, he's Does flashing he all over the field. 56 and green is like flying everywhere. Yeah, but doesn't he around hitting people, running around hitting people and uh, getting sacks? I think you can do pretty much any defense. Okay, but uh, if let's just say let's just say he was on this team, where would you play him? Couldn't play him in the middle, right? He's not that big. He's not that big. Well, yeah, you could. I mean, why couldn't you play him in nickel? Why couldn't you play him in Miles Jack and nickel? You could. So he'd be the nickel linebacker then. I, I mean, look, I would. Here's the thing. This was a team that talked about doing nothing but trying to get faster, and they cut a fast, speedy linebacker and a fast, speedy receiver who had three catches for 90 yards. He averaged 30 yards a catch yesterday. You know who that was, JP? Keelan Cole. Cole. Yeah, big catch in overtime. Well, they caught him, but they he left. But still, why wouldn't you keep him? I don't know. It's the week before, Colin Johnson had five catches for the Giants. He's and not a so, fast guy. He wasn't a fast guy. He was a tall guy. Though. No, he's not a fast guy, but, okay, trot out. Who's going to start at wide receiver this week? Uh, it's a good question. A good <laughs> question. There's, two, there's two that could be on the field. <laughs> I mean, That's where they are right now because DJ Chark's on injured reserve with a fractured ankle, and that's the state of affairs around on offense. Look, one thing that shows up week in and week out, no matter what, is the lack of speed outside. It shows up in the way everybody plays them. And it's going to be a season-long problem. Yeah. You can't fix it. It's you can't not fix that fixed. now. you got to fix that in the draft and in free agency. You can't fix that right now. No way. Isn't it the kid we got from uh, the Chargers? Uh, yeah, he can run. Why, don't they, why doesn't he play? I mean, he got a couple snaps. Yeah, Tyron He's, Johnson uh, got some snaps the other day. Too, Tyron Johnson got a couple snaps. What did he get, like 10, 12 snaps? Going through it. Yeah, Johnson got nine snaps, 16% of the snaps. Nine out of 56. Yeah. Okay, but if DJ Chark doesn't get hurt, how many snaps does he get? Probably, probably not, not nine. So yeah, probably so not. So why? What's the problem with him? Why aren't they getting him on the field? Well, I mean, Pete, we're not at practice. I mean, I mean, all practice is closed. I mean, who knows? And I, I mean, Tavon Austin I mean, that, got a bunch. A that, Tavon Austin got forty-one of fifty-six snaps. Okay, so Tavon Austin will be on the field along with Jones and and Chenault. Right? Those are That's your three. How probably play it. Those are your three. Yeah, right there. And then the others so are about, Johnson and Agnew receivers. now. You think about the receivers right now. Trot them out for, for Sunday's game. You have an aging Marvin Jones, who's a good player, but he doesn't he doesn't run by anybody. Good route. Chenault, who's a physical player who doesn't run by anybody. Mm-hmm. Austin, who's tiny and can run a little bit, but he's been a cast off at different spots. Agnew, who's a converted defensive back and a re- great return man, but he's not a receiver. I mean, it's just it's. I feel sorry sometimes for Trevor Lawrence when he goes back in the pocket to throw to that group. I wouldn't go that far. I don't know if I feel sorry for him, Pete. Well, you know, I don't <laughs> feel sorry. He's making a lot of money playing quarterback in the NFL, so I don't feel sorry. You're but being, you know what I mean. You're being Relatively dramatic. Speaking, let me tell you, compared, compared right, let me tell you who did look fast. Let, t- let me tell you who did look fast and quick on Thursday night. Dan Arnold, the tight end. He did. Tight end. Got upfield quick after we the catch, that, turn up field, we, get a little burst. We, you know? We need to get we need to get my man in more play. Let's get him going a little bit. Like that might that. be yeah. that might be our uh, kind of hidden uh, hidden weapon. Jaguars Happy Hour Radio on Monday airs on 1010XL AM and Jaguars social media channels. Staying at wide receiver with offensive coordinator Daryl Bevel, and it sounds like Jamal Agnew could get a bigger role moving ahead. 
Yeah, it's it's still developmental. You know, um, Ag's a young player as adds the wide receiver yeah. position. And again, we've you know trying to find the best way to implement all these guys. They all have great skill sets, and you know what's the best way to put the you know put their skill sets to use. So we got got him a couple touches last week, and you know he'll be even more involved now that we lost DJ. And uh, you know trying to get the ball to really all those guys the best way that we can. What do you need to see from Lavisco Chenault? You know now with DJ out. Oh, I mean, he, you know, he, he takes a bigger role. You know, he steps up and, and, you know, when we have two wide receivers out there, he'll be out there. So he's just, he, he's just going to have uh, more opportunities that way. Did, did he show you, like, a growth in his game on Thursday night? Well, he, I mean, I really like what, what he's done since he's been here, you know, or since I've been here. And, you know, he's, show, he's shown us some versatility. Um, he can do a lot of things, you know, just getting the ball in his hands like the first play of the game. You know, what goes for 11 yards on, you know, on a minus two-yard pass, you know. And so um, those things are, um, you know, ways we're just trying to get him the ball in his hands, just like the other guys. You know, how can we get it to him um, in the best places for them to, to make plays? On the defensive side, priority number one is slowing down the Titans' running game with the league's leading running back, Derrick Henry. He leads the league in rush attempts, rushing yardage, and tied for the league lead in rushing touchdowns. Defensive coordinator Joe Cullen knows what kind of challenge lies ahead. You they don't want to be the bully, and, and uh, they do a great job at it. They're going to they're gonna run stretch. They're going to run zone. They're going to run until the cows come home until you stop it. And, and it's physicality, Gene, and you got to match it. And, and it's a great, great point you're making. Yeah, that's what it is, especially when you get 22 back there. I think he's the last back, and correct me if I'm wrong, but two straight years of 2,000 yards, maybe Earl Campbell did it. I can't remember the last back to do it in a row. And uh, they're going to feed him until you stop him. Every team has a good back, and they run the football. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's man on man. You're going to win one-on-one -on -one battles. It takes all 11 to stop the run, and I, and I think uh, our guys do a great job up front, but also in the secondary because if a run breaks, you know, the longest run the other night was 11 yards. So, I mean, we're tackling and, and, and getting them down. So, you got to have run fits. You got to have the edge set against this team. And then when he cuts back, you can't be over pursuing. So, it takes all 11 to stop the run like it takes all 11 to stop the pass. Rushing coverage going hand in hand. The press conferences from the week available on Jaguars.com. The AFC South is within reach. Yeah, I said it. Tennessee leads the way at 2-2. Two and two. Houston and Indy are both 1-3, and three, and the Jaguars at 0-4 are in last place. A win over Tennessee for the Jags this week would continue the carnage in the South. We broke it down on Thursday morning's Jags Drive Time on the Jaguars Digital Network. Let's take a look at the AFC South standings through Week 4, and it's ugly. Oh, boy, Tennessee at 2-2, two and two, Houston and Indy at 1-3 and three each. Houston has the tiebreaker there with the division win. Jacksonville at the bottom, 0-4. Oh but, as we said earlier, John, a win for the Jaguars over Tennessee. The Jags would be a game behind what would then be first place at 2-3. and three. Um, There are better divisions in football right now, but this is the state of the South, John. Well, and you take what you can get. I mean, there's been plenty of opportunities. Right now for the Jaguars, they have to look at it like the first four games don't exist. It's a 13-game season, strange as that sounds to say. But it's, uh, you know, there are plenty of cases. If you look at it, uh, 13 games, you figure eight and five over those games, I think it gets you in, nine and four maybe. And nine and four is a normal playoff season for a lot of teams. You know, so... Yeah, they should reset this and say, you know what, the first four don't matter. If we play well, we got a shot at this thing. Uh, it's a gift from above, I guess. You know, what stands out to me, JP, is that the Titans, and to the Colts to some extent, 
have been vulnerable through the first month of the season because of injuries. I mean, the, the Colts have been well-documented along their offensive line. And when you look, last week, the Titans lost their left tackle, their center, and their right guard for a portion of the game and all have suffered through injuries, which has allowed Ryan Tannehill to be sacked. He was sacked seven times against the Jets, five times, pardon me, six times against the Cardinals, and Chandler Jones got five of those. So he's been hit a lot. When the passing game isn't working, teams normally have been able to slow down the run. Derrick Henry has been off to a ferocious pace. I think the Titans are the most talented team in this division, but right now they and the Colts have been battling some injuries in a very difficult early starting schedule to put themselves in a position where the Jaguars could strike. All right, you mentioned this early schedule. Let's look ahead to the next five weeks for all the teams in the division and pain all throughout for all four, it looks like. There's a lot of Buffalo on the schedule. Of course, the the Jaguars have Tennessee this week and London next, a bye week at Seattle, and then Buffalo week nine. That's tough. The Texans have the Patriots. They're at Indy, at Arizona, home against the Rams, and then at Miami. Colts at Baltimore, Houston at San Fran, Tennessee and the Jets. That might be the easiest. And then the Titans have the Jags, Buffalo, Casey, Indy, and at the Rams. A lot of Buffalo and Rams. That's not a good combo for the South, Bry. No, and, and the AFC West, JP, pardon me, the NFC West is so very talented. And it's part of the, the AFC South rotation this year. And the way that this thing falls out, again, if the Jaguars can get a win on Sunday, when you look at the way that the schedule falls, they can stay in this thing because you've got trips by the Titans uh, to San Francisco or Los Angeles for the uh, the Colts. And, I mean, there's just opportunities because of a very difficult schedule for this division this year. That if the Jaguars can somehow you know find some traction, they can stay in it. And look, look, this is not a playoff team. I think we've been talking about that since Urban Meyer first got here, since Trevor Lawrence was drafted. But what we hoped was that this year, at some point in October, not October, November or December, we could say, hey, they're still in it if, because we haven't been able to do that since 2017 around here. So if you could have a team that it, a win here and the Titans lose and the Colts win kind of thing, that would be great for 2021. It won't, it won't subsist beyond that because the expectations are going to jump exponentially, John. But if the Jaguars could find a little bit of traction just to make it interesting, I think the fans would really enjoy that. Yeah, no question. It, it's fascinating to look at the graphic we just showed up because I do still believe that the Titans, when healthy, are a team that can start running off games. Um, at the same time, I don't know that they're going to run off games against this schedule. So they're a team that I think is going to play better as the season goes on. I always say about the Titans, they know how they want to play, and they play to their strength, which in the NFL is a, is a big deal because there are some teams that don't have an identity. But they can play better. But if they lose this week, the Titans, all of a sudden, two and three, and then it it's hard to see a four and one stretch here for them. So beating the Titans keeps them in range, I think, for the next six weeks or so. Lose to them, uh, it, I think a three-game gap. Uh, this team's not going to a wild card. I think three games down in the division, uh, it, it sounds stupid for an 0-4 team 
to be talking about a must win. <laughs> this, this sort of feels like that within the uh, context of our conversation today. Oh, no doubt, because if you let that horse get loose, uh, you won't be able to catch him. And that, that horse is the Tennessee Titans. So i uh, got to get something done this week. Drive time here is Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday mornings at 10 on Jaguars.com and the Jags social channels. Let's wrap the week with head coach Urban Meyer's Friday media availability. The Jags head coach was asked about the plan to win this week against the division rival Tennessee Titans. The plan to win is this, is this is time tested, it's infallible, and when talent's equated it works. And that is the first half of the Cincinnati game was it followed to a T. And it's play great defense. When you say play great defense, it's not turning the ball over. It's not putting defense in harm's way, and it's obviously playing great defense. We held uh, an excellent running back to 18 yards rushing. We controlled the line of scrimmage. We did not turn the ball over, and our special teams had a plus 10 or plus 12 field position advantage. That's a plus. That's winning or playing great defense. Number two is turnover margin. Uh, that's something we were horrific in the first uh, three games, and we have not got any. We've received. We've got one turnover. So the turnover ratio that's time tested. 30 years ago to now, uh, it's amazing how the style of football has changed, but. You, you get one turnover, you plus one, you're 67% chance winning that game. And uh, that was 30 years ago when it was three yards cloud of dust to the <laughs> spread styles and open formations. And interestingly enough, it's the same in college. So the game of football. The third one is red zone production. And we've been decent there. Uh, we don't get paid to kick field goals. We get paid to score touchdowns. In our defense, you have to stop them. We uh, need to continue to improve there. And the last one is kicking game. That's the most consistent part of our team right now. I think Nick and uh, the crew have done a heck of a job. I mean, we've, you know, obviously have two explosive touchdowns and uh, our coverage units have been really good. And uh, a punt return, we haven't got loose yet. And we've, uh, you know, one no, a 20 yard uh, punt return, but it was on a 65 yard punt, so a 40 yard net. So that's the plan to win. You won all four, you win the game. And the second half was not that. We had a field position, couldn't get off the field. And uh, we didn't have the field position advantage, the possession time advantage that we had at the first. So that's the plan to win that I used to talk about and yeah. I plan to soon, I hope. Coming up Sunday, the Publix Tailgate Show airs at 10 o'clock on 1010XL Radio in Jacksonville. Then at noon, it's countdown to kickoff on the Jaguars Radio Network with Pete Prisco, the boys in the booth upstairs, Fred Taylor, and the final word before kickoff with head coach Urban Meyer. Then it's Jaguars postgame afterwards and the scoreboard show that follows the game broadcast. Remember to subscribe to the Jaguars' official podcast network on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your pods. Enjoy the weekend and enjoy the game this Sunday. Thanks for listening. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next week on the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank.